Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Obviously, the sports world has been put on hiatus now for the last 24 to 48 hours. With all these respective sports leagues sending their message in fighting racial injustice, the NHL joins the party, but you have all that going on. You have the Islanders getting ready for Game 3. I guess it's going to be on Saturday. So let's talk some hockey. Let's welcome in Molly Walker of the New York Post, who's nice enough to join us once again. What's happening, Molly? How are you? Hey, JJ. How are you? Thanks for having me on again. My pleasure's all mine, and let's start here. Not the least bit surprised, right, um, after what we saw in the NBA, after what we've seen in baseball, that the NHL, after playing their games last night, decide on Thursday and Friday they're not going to give it a go. You're not surprised, right? No, not not even the slightest. I mean, listen, it, it had to be done. The the NHL has been behind the eight ball in a lot of the racial injustice movements that have been a focal point of a lot of other sports leagues, and that's a fact and also a problem. Now, it's true that a majority of the NHL is made up of foreign players that may very well play a part in the lack of urgency from the players, but the league in itself hasn't been very diligent about joining the ongoing hard conversations that we're having in this country right now. And, and after the NBA and WNBA and select MLB teams, MLS, you know, Naomi Osaka, you know, pulling out of the, the tournament, canceling their games last night, and the NHL didn't really even make a peep about it until the Islanders and Flyers were bombarded with questions on it after the game, which I also didn't really think was that fair because all the other cancellations, you know, happened while they were on the ice. Although I'm not saying that would have prompted them to do something considering the other teams still play, but it wasn't until that that the league decided to hold that moment of silence before the Lightning Bruins game, and then nothing happened before the Avs Stars game. So I think it's a step in the right direction, even if it comes at the hands of pressure from the players and fans. And, you know, kudos to the Hockey Diversity Alliance for doing exactly what they created the organization for and, and being strong in their demands of the league to just be better. 
And I read a lot of reports that around 100 NHL players joined Kane and, and Dumba on a, on a call for a discussion today. So another step in the right direction. So, you know, better late than never, I like to say, but the NHL needs to stop following that trend and start taking a page out of the WNBA's book, which is a league that has obviously been at the forefront of so many great things lately. Molly, well said. And I guess, you know, on a positive note, it's good to see the NHL, of course, moving in that sort of direction. Now, when it comes to the resumption of these playoff series, from what you're hearing, Saturday, is that when we're going to see the Islanders and everybody back on the ice? Yes, I believe. I, I believe the NHL announced that they were going to um, resume games on Saturday and, and start uh, fixing out the second round schedule accordingly. So we'll we'll see how how the rest of the schedule pans out. I don't. I, I heard that they were behind. They were. I mean, they were ahead of schedule. They had you know they had scheduled games um, and they were ahead of their timeline. I guess that they wanted to get to the to the Cup Finals. So they can afford. They can definitely afford to uh, take a day or two off. All right, Molly. On a much lighter note, we do have a whole lot of playoff <laughs> hockey to discuss, and I know it's a it's always a very weird transition with this sort of stuff. But this is the world we live in, and this is what we do. Obviously, so let's get to the Islanders. Um, and I, for one, you could call me crazy. I take their game two as like some form of a positive. Like I gotta admit, they're down three to nothing. They're pulling their goaltender. They look totally cooked after the first period. Do you look at it as a positive that they were able to fight back, score the dramatic goal with like inside of three minutes to play, or is it a missed opportunity in your eyes because well? almost don't count, you know, and they end up winning the game. So how would you perceive and how would you look at the way, you know, the entire direction of game two unfolded? I mean, it's hard not to look at it as a positive. It was such a gritty comeback and, and, you know, after having such a deflating first period, just to be able to force overtime in general was a huge accomplishment. But I mean, I asked Barry, I said, I asked him if it was extra deflating you know, having that huge comeback and then falling short, or if it was, I guess, added motivation, knowing that you came that close and, you know, just missed the mark, how that affects, you know, the next game. And he and he said it was a little bit of both. He said, obviously, you want to pull out the win after putting in all that investment and all that hard work, but it doesn't always work that way. So it kind of also gives you kind of added motivation going to the next game, knowing what you were able to do when you had such a terrible first period, which, I mean, it was a bad first period, but, you know, Barlamov did allow a couple of soft goals, so who knows if it would have been a, diff- a different game if if those if two of those soft goals didn't go in, or if it, maybe if Grice started. Who knows if that first period didn't happen, it would have been a completely different game. And I feel like that's a trend for the Islanders. They'll have one bad period or or one period that just you know doesn't work for them and and won't won't give them the opportunity to get the win. So I feel like they just need to basically figure it out how to play a complete game every game, which you're not always going to get, but yeah, they got to try their best. <laughs> um, when it comes to Varlamov, he was playing so well. He has the back-to-back shutouts, and then he gets pulled. And I wasn't surprised, Molly, because, you know, they thought going into yesterday's game, it was going to be a back-to-back type deal. Obviously, you never could have expected what was to come. Mm-hmm. Um, but were you surprised watching that game? They pulled them at the end of the first period, or was that, you know, entirely due to the back-to-back? I wasn't surprised because, I, I, like I just said, I think a couple of those goals were soft. And, and, you know, 
some other goalies would have those goals. So I think it was a Barry Trotz decision. You know, he just recognized that his goaltender didn't have it that night and he needed to put in the backup. And, you know, for Varlamov, I mean, this is a, this is a goalie that got more attention and more media attention than, than I think he's ever gotten in his whole career in the last like week, you know, between the two back-to-back shutouts and he just broke Billy Smith's like all-time playoff shutout record that the Islanders franchise holds. So he had a huge two games and got a lot of kudos for it, a lot of attention. And, you know, for a player that doesn't get that all the time, I'm sure that gets in your head. So honestly, that's what I thought when I saw Barlamov go out there and he was a little stiff and, you know, he was, I don't want to, you know, say that he was thinking about that 40 seconds, you know, getting past the Billy Smith uh, record, because I'm sure players don't think about that kind of stuff. But given just how the pedestal that he was put on because of those back-to-back shutouts, I'm sure it was a lot of pressure on his shoulders, and you're not going to have it every night. So it just kind of all came crashing down. But the positive was that Grice was great. Grice didn't let him a goal until overtime. So that's what you want to see. Any concern going into game three with Varlamov, or are you scratching up to one bad game? No, I won bad game. I definitely, I mean, he's, you know, I, I think now that he's shook, shaken it off and, you know, he doesn't have to keep riding on this shutout and, you know, riding that he hasn't let in a goal, you know, I feel like that definitely alleviates the pressure. And, and I think it was just one bad goal. And he just doesn't strike me as a guy that, you know, lets it get in your head. So that's what you have to be. And that's what you have to be in the playoffs. Barry was saying, you know, every player has to act like a goaltender and shake off every goal and just look ahead to the next shift. Molly Walker talking some hockey, of course, of the New York Post. Joins us here on The Fan. Molly, you remember Elaine Vigneault, his days of coaching the New York (laughs) Rangers, getting the Rangers all the way to the Stanley Cup final before losing to the Los Angeles Kings. Um, Have you noticed in any way some similarities between his old group and his old team with the Rangers and his current group that he's got now with Philadelphia? Uh, I think he has a different, I guess, set of arsenal I guess you could say I mean except for you know Kevin Hayes but <laughs> I think he has a, a, just a, a different group of players but I, I think his coaching style is still the same he's, he's a pro's pro and he really brings the best out of his players and I think what he did with the Flyers coming in was unbelievable he really just brought them into tip-top shape honestly and that's all you can ask for a coach so I mean AV was was uh definitely a trip in New York but um (laughs) I think he's definitely found his footing in in Philadelphia um now when it comes to the Islanders and matching up with Philadelphia we did not have you before the start of this series so now that you've seen two games obviously one was route the other one ended up getting very very competitive ends up going into overtime Molly, what, in your opinion, was going to be the biggest key for the Islanders if, indeed, they were going to win this series? What needed to happen? I think they just need to continue playing their game, their complete game, sticking to their structure, sticking to their systems, you know, following the Barry Trotz mantra and not listening to outside noise, just thinking about their game. And, you know, it's hard because you have all the media asking you questions about the other team and what they're doing, the decisions they're making, the line of changes. But you just need to block all that out and focus on what they're doing. And when they play complete games and when they, you know, they have those big third periods and such, I mean, they're such a hard team to beat when they're sticking to that structure and their hard forecheck that they can have and they have so many moving pieces that they that Barry has at as at his luxury he can plug in so many different people and and players that are in the wings that are like just clawing to get in the lineup that he can add a, a 
spurt to any line or any defensive pairing at any time that he wants, and I think that's in his back pocket, and we should probably see that going forward. Um, when it comes to the Islanders and the Flyers, uh, what was the pick of record? I know I'm invested in the Islanders here, Molly. I have them not only winning this series, I have them maybe going to the cup final. I may have a real juicy price on them actually winning the Stanley Cup. I'm not willing to go that far, but hey, listen, sometimes the odds tell the story, right? Like, I want to have a little fun. I want to roll the dice a little bit. Um, this series, at least. I don't need you to look that far down the road and that far down the line. Thank Did you, you like I them to beat? For- yeah, listen, I know, I know, but I still am putting you on the spot here somewhat. <laughs> do you like the Islanders to win this series? I do, I do. When I when I thought about it before, I when I made my predictions, um, I, I thought they, I thought I think the Islanders are going to take this in six. Um, but you know, especially after watching Carter Hart and Net, um, I'm you know not as confident as I was going into it. I hadn't watched a lot of Carter Hart. And I was very, very impressed with the Flyers' netminder. I think he is, you know, he was standing on his head on some of those games, and 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 he really has kept the Flyers in every game so far this series. You know, he has been a huge obstacle for the Islanders to get over, and they have a lot of players that are, you know, they finish, they can finish, and and. Carter Hart has just really robbed a couple of them a few times here, and I think he's, he could be a, a series X factor that, you know, when you have your goaltender st- standing on his head and he, you know, pulls out unbelievable save after unbelievable save, sometimes you just you can't do anything. So that's the only series X factor that going forward might ruin this Islanders and six prediction for me. <laughs> so basically what you're telling me is this, Carter Hart doing his thing and killing it for the Flyers – is the only way you would see, you know, a flyer series victory. Is that accurate? I want to make sure I'm getting those words down, Pat. Yeah, I would say so. I would okay. say so. You know, for me, for the Washington series, it was an Alex Ovechkin thing. You know, if Alex Ovechkin gets going, well, then you're screwed. You know, <laughs> there's just nothing you can do about it. I feel like those are just certain players. And obviously, I know Hart is such a young player. He's new, brand new to the league, basically. So he, he wasn't exactly on my radar as the kind of guy that could change a series like that. But honestly, after watching these first two games, I'm I'm very impressed. And, and I've been watching Shesterkin and hearing about Sorokin. So I feel like that definitely has some weight. <laughs> I mean, good luck trying to say those names 10 times fast. I mean, I give you credit. I mean, with some of these <laughs> hey, hockey names. Listen, it's like my last name, though, Molly. I mean, people struggle with Shostremsky. It's actually a real easy name to say but I guess you know for me it takes a little bit of work and it takes a little effort okay I want to run this by you I have Vegas who I love I mean they were good to me a couple of years ago the expansion team uh Vegas getting hockey like I was just all on board I was all sorts of like fired up about it do you look at them right now as the best team that's left playing out of anybody that's still here in the second round I don't know if I would say the best team okay I I mean, they they are a great team, but I would not say the best team. I think from what I've watched from the Bruins-Lightning series, and I thought Boston was going to dominate this series, I think it, i got to chalk it up to the Lightning. I think they look tremendous up and down all around. They look like a very complete team, and then they've been giving it to, to Boston, even though, it, what is it, 2-1 now, 1-1? One, one, I don't even know. Yeah, 1-1, one, one, close enough. <laughs> yeah, close so... Enough. I mean, I, I think they've looked great in both games against Boston. So I, I think I would put the Lightning ahead of the Golden Knights. 
But um, and I think Vegas is going to have a tough time with the Canucks too. I I picked the Golden Knights, but uh, I think that the Canucks are going to give them a hard time. Maybe go to seven. So you would be concerned then about maybe a potential Vegas Islanders Stanley Cup final. Let's just say Molly, that would, <laughs> uh, that would pay for a couple of golf rounds and then some. You know, and I know that's all you care about. So I'm really. Well, I wouldn't go that for you. Far. <laughs> uh, listen, I wouldn't go. It, it is one of the of the big interests of mine. That is true. No, I would say only it's the one. only, but you know, it's it, it definitely is up high on the list. It is the uh, the obsession of the month. Is that is that okay? Of the month. <laughs> well, listen, the last couple of months. I mean, post COVID nineteen. All right. Does there that work? you go. There you, there go. you that, go. That does work. So you got the Islanders, and you do know, right now. You're nervous about Vegas getting out of the West. That's what you're telling me. Uh, I am. I am. I, I, I watched. I watched. Uh, I watched both games, and and I think the Canucks. They, they also. They. I feel like they. You know. I think Quinn Hughes is is absolutely just. You know, he's a vision on the ice. He really is. So I mean. It's a very good matchup, and you know, I think if I had to guess out of all the series that are going to go to seven, I think it's going to be the Golden Knights and the Canucks. Molly, appreciate a couple of minutes. Keep up the good work, and we'll see where this Islander Flyers series takes us in the days and the weeks ahead. So have a wonderful weekend. Thank you for the time. Yes, we shall see. Awesome. Thanks so much. They have it. Good stuff there with Molly Walker over to New York Post. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.